Yo, this is Conrad from Kansas, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Gallimore, but I always listen to I Doubt It with Brittany Page. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, let's get into this. Thank you for joining us. This 249th episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore. Sitting across from me, the lovely, talented, scholarly, and very patient lady, my co-host, Brittany Page. I'm doing a lot of scholarly research right now in that I actually Googled pumpkin spice products. <laughs> and I'm tracking down, you know, those those popular BuzzFeed articles or Mashable articles that feature all the uh, popular products of the moment. Right. Pumpkin well, spice related. You're doing research based on my anger. My frustration at the moment. You are experiencing a lot of anger surrounding the number of pumpkin spice products that are on the market right now. Every time we go to the store. But just... Surrounded. Yeah, it's it's getting on my goddamn nerves is what's happening. Well, and the it's ones... It's too much. It, it's too much. Yeah. And the ones that you're seeing, it's like pumpkin spice salsa. Yes. What, what is that? Pumpkin it's, spice salsa. Doesn't sound good. That's ten. That is an abomination. Doesn't sound. Whoever good. came up with pumpkin spice salsa, I want to squat over their mouth and take a pumpkin oh. spiced dump right into their face. Okay. I um. Someone posted a picture on a thread on my Facebook page today. Uh huh. Of pumpkin spiced sausage. Ugh. That is terrible. Who on earth? Listen, pumpkin spice beer, uh, I kind of get. I kind of get that. You got cherry wheat. You've got all these citrusy kind of beers. But listen, pumpkin spice should be relegated to like lattes. Mm -hmm. Not beer. Not Captain Morgan's rum. Where have we gone as a society, Brittany? That pumpkin spice, and they start doing it in goddamn August. Well, it's a bit much, and I didn't know how how excessive the whole fad has become until I did this search and I started looking at products that are pumpkin spice flavored now. Yeah, and this includes both food products and and other products like Halloween costumes. There's a pumpkin spice Halloween costume. What? What? Yeah. I mean, it's for a kid. Okay, so that's well, that's other fine. other like candles. I can get down on a pumpkin spice candle. Yeah, delicious. Yeah, that's great. great. But pumpkin spice peanut butter. Uh, pumpkin spice Pringles. Potato chips. Pringles. Oh my god! You can buy them on Amazon. And if you're going to buy them on Amazon, <laughs> go to dollamore.com/slash/amazon. I don't even know if I want that money. You know what? If you're going to buy pumpkin spice (laughs) chips, don't use our affiliate link. Fuck you. I don't want your money if you're going to be buying goddamn pumpkin spice (laughs) potato chips. Well, actually, they're currently unavailable. So on Amazon, you you can have Amazon email you when they become available, though. No, thanks. Um, But they're advertising to me since this is unavailable, the delicious pumpkin spice Pringles. Uh, they have Hostess pumpkin spice cupcakes or pumpkin okay. spice gum. Well, that's gross. But pumpkin spice Hostess delicious cake, that is in the realm of acceptable pumpkin spice products. Okay, what about pumpkin spice Milano cookies? Yes, cookies and cakes and lattes and pies. That is what pumpkin spice is for. A pu- delicious pumpkin pie. Okay, what about pumpkin spice country crock buttery spread? No, no, <laughs> unless you're going to be using the country, co- country crock. <laughs> it is definitely not country cock. Yeah, it's it's not. Unless you're going to be using the delicious country crock spread to cook a delicious pumpkin spice 
baked good or treat. No. What are you going to whip up your morning eggs using country crock spread with pumpkin spice butter? Gross. Well, get this. They even have pumpkin spice flavored dog treats. So you can inflict uh, this torture on your innocent pet. Yeah. Animals <laughs> don't want that shit. God uh, damn. So great. Enough. Who else is with me on this? I would love to know. In this fact, outrage over pumpkin drop, spice. Let's just drop the phone number right now because I have a feeling I'm not the only one who gets bothered. It's like seeing Christmas decorations at the beginning of at the beginning of August. It's too early. It's too much. Stop it. <laughs> 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit.dollamore.com. Join me in my hatred, in my rage-fueled tirade <laughs> you against, need company against the the big pumpkin spice lobby it's big big pumpkin spice <laughs> like big pharma yeah big yeah, oil yeah big pumpkin spice that's the threat to our to our union that's the threat to our the the existential threat to our democracy is too much goddamn pumpkin spice the tyranny of pumpkin spice <laughs> Thomas Jefferson would be rolling over in his grave. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You know, because everything, everybody would be rolling over in their grave if they only knew. Yeah. About everything. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't feel any better. I don't. Of course not. <laughs> that didn't. Uh, I thought it would be kind of cathartic to get that off my chest. Well, no, there are still. You're a terrible therapist, there by the way. Are... I expected you to, like, bring me some healing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not constantly trying... trying to make me zen about this, and you didn't. You failed me. Well, I don't feel like I need to help you because this is your own problem. And <laughs> listen, <laughs> I'm not the problem. The problem is the problem. Well, that's Brittany. right. Pumpkin spice is isn't the problem. That, isn't that what all those nutters and na narrative therapy say? Well, Brittany just shot me a look. Like, God damn it! Don't do that. <laughs> Well, I don't know if they're... I'm teasing. I'm teasing because we know several narrative therapy people. Yes. I can't tease a little bit. The views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollamore <laughs> are solely those of Jesse Dollamore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. Well, I think I'm struggling with how to respond because... <laughs> The, the, it just came out of nowhere, and I think that most people have no idea what you're referring to or talking oh, about. Oh, that's probably true. So I, I'm kind you're, of like... It's, it's less that you're uncomfortable with it and more that you realize no one even knows what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah, so yeah. I'm kind of, how do I respond to you when you're just randomly talking about things that have nothing to do with what we're talking about? <laughs> and that See what Pumpkin Spice does to me, Brittany? Yeah, you become terrible at doing the show. <laughs> Wow. Wow. That was uh, very uh, hateful of you. Yeah. It's great. Well, sometimes that happens. <laughs> sometimes that happens. All right. Well, let's, let's move on with me being terrible at doing the show. Let's get into a listener email that because I'm terrible at doing the show, what a great segue, uh, I forgot to do it last time. We forgot to get to this email last time, which dealt with a call or an email from the previous show. So we're now we're we're three shows removed, and I'm just proving my my lack of professionalism. Go ahead. On the issue of the two people, the lady from Ohio and the man displaying their moral bankruptcy, if there is one thing that is good about this, this politically correct reaction to, is that these people will show their true colors. It's like smoking out bugs. Other than that, I am not really surprised as to what they are saying is nothing I have not heard from people within my own sphere of influence. Concerning the caller who spoke about sex offenders... Parenthetically, did the caller distinguish between pedophiles or offenders whose victims are other adults? I don't recall. I might be making a generalized statement in saying that when I hear sex offender, I think adults who have had any sexual contact with children below the age of consent. I do believe there needs to be more funding on why pedophiles offend. There are some books, but it is not something spoken about in the mainstream. 
the talk needs to happen. That being said, my reflex reaction would be to eliminate them from society, as in the death penalty, if it is proven beyond a shadow of the doubt. My only fear in what the caller proposed is that the pathology of the sex offender will be normalized. There are already medical professionals and activists who want to normalize sex offender behavior, want to lower, if not eliminate, age of consent laws, and integrate sex offenders into society as normal sexual urges. These people may be marginalized within the social justice sphere and in the medical community, but all they're doing is voicing an opinion in the name of academic freedom. Ah, I love the First Amendment. Since I am a father, I disagree with that. I would be distressed if either of my children became sexualized beyond the accepted developmental age. I hope I never find myself allied with crazy religious fundamentalist conservatives who think that allowing LGBT is the slippery slope to child molesters' behavior being normalized. This is the new fear on the alt-right. I hope they're not right in the name of a more progressive society. Mateo. Thank you. Mateo, sorry that we skipped the email last time. Um, I agree. God damn, I agree with everything he said. I do believe, I think that the main crux, the thing I want to really address here is I do believe that that research, in-depth, voluminous research amounts of research need to be done to get inside the brain of these pedophiles, to get inside what their particular predilections are and what, if it's a... If it's a nurture thing, if it's the, the, the development and the environment um, in which they were raised, that is a triggering factor, a predominant pr- triggering factor. Or if it really is something genetic that it's a, a, you know, some gene or something that's fucking flipped on that needs to be turned off or vice versa. Or it, obviously, it's probably a combination of the two, like addiction. Right. But here, here's, here's the crux of it, though. We know that it is wrong to victimize and abuse and rape a child. So even if you have that predilection, you also have a brain, a thinking brain, and you know that is a crime, a vile, despicable crime. And you can use that working brain to say, I might be attracted to that little boy or girl, but I I can't do that. That is wrong. Right. Or even I can't do that. I should go get some help. Yes. And I need to go admit to someone that this is something that I'm experiencing and I really need to go and get this out in the open and and get help. Yes. And I think one thing I'm concerned about is that maybe people don't feel like they can do that. And of course, there's just always going to be a stigma associated with this. There should right. be. There should be. You yeah, know I don't mean? think that we should destigmatize it. No, it should no, be no. fucking stigmatized. And, and that's something that's concerning about organizations like NAMBLA. Right. Um, which, the ACLU protected NAMBLA. Yeah, ACLU which is, has represented fucking the North American Man-Boy Love Association. That's a real thing. Which is what I think Mateo is getting at, that that's a problem. Yes. Um, that it shouldn't be normalized in any way. Um, but... That's kind of a different conversation than what I was trying to have, which is Matteo saying there should be funding into why this happens, how it happens, maybe what can be done with it. Um, and there maybe needs to be room for people to be able to come forward before they commit an act yeah, to say, sure, listen, sure. I'm scared. This is happening and, and I need help. Um, I mean, I don't know how they would be helped, but there, have to, we have to start somewhere. They have to try. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, listen, it's a touchy issue. It's very obviously very difficult. Um, and I understand Mateo's fear, or, or his concern, rather, right. about uh, if you put this in the hand of, of academics in some way, there's this fear that they're going to, you know, you know how it is in college. Can't judge, don't judge. Oh, women are being oppressed in Saudi Arabia and forced to wear a hijab and niqab. Oh, well, can't judge a cultural thing. You can't judge that. I would fear also, I, I would be concerned also that this might turn into one of those issues. Well, you, you, why you can't judge it. That's his, that's hit in his heart. That's what he, blah. no, no. Not when his predilection or her predilection, although it's, you know, predominantly male, is harming, sometimes existentially harming another child. Yeah. Or not another child, but a child. Well, and that's why I would hope that academics wouldn't go there. But obviously, 
<laughs> I mean, we can't. I, I'm gonna. I, we can't understand. We don't know what to expect from that situation. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I'll refrain because I'll end up playing the fucking disclaimer another but, time. But it it, sh- it there should always be the focus on protecting victims. Yes. And whatever protects victims, whatever protects children, that is the most important thing. Absolutely. Because that that's who really suffers in this situation. Yes. So. We should always strive to protect the least of us, the most innocent among us. And I think that's what Mateo is getting at. Absolutely. Thank you, Mateo, very much for the email. Sorry that I am a, a, a forgetful turd or disorganized douche, as it were. And we, uh, we appreciate your email very much. All right. Um, I think we have one more email. Hi, Brittany and Jesse. Just wanted to respond to the Trump campaign chair in Ohio that dared to suggest that racism was not an issue in America until the Obama presidency. I am a young African-American woman. I wasn't born until 1985, but I have a father that grew up in Mississippi in the 50s and a great grandfather born in Louisiana. So while I haven't experienced it myself, I've heard the horror stories of systematic racism and oppression, riots, jailings, and assassinations of people who dared to stand up for supposed inalienable rights of liberty and equality. For someone to imply that those atrocities never happened is outrageous, insulting, and frankly makes me question that person's grasp of reality. (laughs) Furthermore, with everything going on now, it makes that person seem tone deaf, and that is to say nothing of their flagrant level of ignorance. The show is awesome. Brittany is the best part. Renia. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Um, she's, she's being very kind and not, not saying what I think. I think that lady, the, the Ohio, whatever county in Ohio that she was heading up the Trump campaign in, um, she's a stupid, stupid lady. That's not a smart person who says that. E- even if she's not, be- if she's being inarticulate with exactly what she's trying to get across... It just it's it's a symptom of dumbness because that's that's a fucking ridiculous thing to say. It's not just uninformed. It's not just ignorant. Renya is being too kind. She's being too magnanimous to her fellow uh, man. It's just that, that lady's a fucking idiot. That there was no racism until Obama came along. Ugh. And you know, props to your, your dad and your granddad. I, I can't imagine being black and growing up in Mississippi and Louisiana in, in any time before the 1980s. I mean, shit, it's bad enough now. That, that's a uh, yikes. Right. Well, we were actually having a conversation recently where we were talking about what it must be like for parents of a black child to have to say, you know, once they get to an age where they start to understand kind of social interaction and history and things like that um having to explain to them like this is what happens in our country the place that you live um right and this was not that long ago and this is what happened to our people your ancestors your great-grandfather um was was owned by a white man right uh, i mean i can't even imagine having to have that conversation well it, 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 for for anybody out there who doubts or denies or is skeptical of privilege this is a a prime example of that white privilege i'll never have to say to my child hey listen our ancestors our ancestors were were owned like 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 animals, like property. And there has been a long hundred and, you know, many years, generations of time that that attitudes toward our people have uh, not really gotten all that much better or different in a lot of ways. People look at you and they're going to make assumptions about you just based on the color of your skin. I'll never have to give that talk to one of my kids. And that is a privilege that I have. I'll never have to give special instructions to one of my kids about just how to to bow and scrape to a police officer for fear that I might be killed whether or not I've committed a crime. That's just not a talk I have to have 
That's a privilege of my fucking whiteness. Yeah. And listen, it wasn't very long ago, fewer than three years ago, that I poo-pooed the entire concept of white privilege. We, we talked about it on, on, on a show very early on mm-hmm. with kind of a, a, a laughing dismissal uh, of the entire topic. Right. And uh, when you dive into it, you don't even have to dive deep. You, don't, you just have to open up your fucking head <laughs> and think about it with a little bit of empathy. Well, and this is something interesting because I, I think I sometimes get pegged by uh, people who don't know me personally anymore, but used to know me personally yeah, and are still connected to me on Facebook. I get pegged like as this... People who knew you when you were a kid. Yeah, I get pegged as this kind of like uppity intellectual who thinks that I'm better than people. Like I was just told this in a comment thread the other day. and They that, don't know you then because you're not better than them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I can't pronounce the names. We all know. Yeah, what are you going to do? I can't read. Um, but not only those things, also someone who is uh, like closed-minded and, and can't be around or be involved in a discussion where where I disagree with somebody, which is weird because I'm always mixing it up with people I disagree with. Right. And privilege is something that I really came around on. The police is something I've really come around on. There are many things that through communicating, through learning, through listening that I have changed my mind on and still. And so I'm not embarrassed to talk about what we used to to say on the old episodes uh, because changing your mind is a good thing. Growing and adapting and evolving and, you know, incorporating new information. um, Those are good things. Well, that's why I talk about moving the conversation forward so often because in in the course of moving that conversation forward, I'm not just hoping to change hearts and minds of people listening. My own heart and mind is changing through this process, through this conversation. Thanks for the thanks for the email, Renya. Uh, it's inexplicable to me. It, the world, listen, <laughs> the world just needs a little bit more empathy. To be able to just try to think about how it would be for you if you were in the other person's shoes. That's it. A lot of problems would be solved if people were not open-minded. Like, ah, just be open-minded to it. If you really give, do the thought exercise of being black and trying to talk to your black child about the history of your people. That's fuck, man. Ah, all right. Well, let's let's uh, move on to some follow up before my fucking pumpkin head explodes. Betty Shelby, not not gonna get any better. Betty Shelby is the cop in in Tulsa, Oklahoma, who shot and killed unarmed Terrence Crutcher. She has pled not guilty, and she is claiming, or via her lawyers, is claiming that she had temporary deafness at the moment of the shooting. According to her attorney, Scott Wood, Betty Shelby was experiencing what is called auditory exclusion, a form of temporary hearing loss occurring under high stress. This is apparently why Shelby did not hear sirens from the additional police vehicles. She didn't hear when Officer Tyler Turnbow arrived, nor did she hear him announce that he has his taser. Wood said Shelby is justified in gunning down Crutcher since she believed he had a gun and, quote, if you think someone has a gun, you don't get your taser out. No gun was found on Crutcher nor his vehicle, and Shelby was not responding to a call about an armed person, so her suspicion of Crutcher being armed is questionable. Very questionable. As is her qualification to be an officer of the law, to have special privilege to be able to pull a weapon, and kill someone in broad daylight when they have no weapon. Some people just don't get to be cops. She's one of them. You know, this is irritating, too, because she was uh, booked at a local county jail and released on a $50,000 bond 23 minutes after her arrest. Yeah. They just, you know, the cop comes in, 
you book them and then they get right on out. They don't even have to stay. Right. Yeah, so her preliminary hearing is scheduled for mid-November, so... Um, we'll definitely be following up. Yeah, and and at that time, they'll see if there's enough evidence to move forward, so... Yeah. All right. Support for I Doubt It with Dolomore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore. Randy. Randy. Randy is our latest Patreon supporter. Thank you very much, Randy. We appreciate it immensely. Yes. Thank you very much for your support. And if you would like to join Randy, Go ahead and go to dollamore.com slash Patreon, and you can set a monthly maximum. You can give per episode as much or as little as you'd like, just like that British woman just said. <laughs> it's really me, but just we, in an accent. Also, I wanted to say thanks, of the, thanks to those of you who joined us on the Google Hangout on Friday and Saturday. Yes. Real good time. A um, little smaller group than we had last time, um, which is fine. It was awesome. It was more intimate. It was a good time. We laughed. Talked about a lot about dick grabbing. We ended a call. About, was funny topics we talked about. Um, but we're getting the, the vibe that maybe late Friday night for you East Coasters and, uh, and Saturday might not be the best time because we're not getting as much response. So Brittany's going to... I think, put together a survey and kind of get the feel. We're going to suss it out, figure yeah. out what the be- a better time for the preponderance of our PayPal and Patreon supporters would be. So Yeah, I'll create that and then I'll send it out to you guys. And you can just select the days that are best for you and then also time ranges that are the best for you. And we'll decide kind of what the majority says. And uh, hopefully it works with what our schedules have going on. And we will get that set up. Awesome. All right. Dollamocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. Well, it is no surprise to anybody who has followed this presidential election that Donald Trump has a problem with the ladies. That Donald Trump doesn't have much respect for women. It's not just this Alicia Machado revelation that uh, Hillary Clinton brought out during this past debate. It goes back to many, many years. Obviously, even Megyn Kelly and all the Rosie O'Donnell bullshit that he's done. Uh, this is seeming to be a problem, especially for a candidacy that is fighting for every single vote and struggling with women. Here is a report. Here is a very short interview with a woman who alleges she is a reporter for the Philadelphia for the Philadelphia Inquirer and she alleges that Donald Trump called her a c-t. So Jennifer you wrote something that he didn't like then what happened Michael I was working in the Wall Street office of the Philadelphia Inquirer and I got a phone call uh, I the woman said hold for Mr. Trump and then Mr. Trump began to uh, yell at me. He told me I had shit for brains. He told me I worked for a shitty newspaper, and he said what sort of shit was I writing? <laughs> I was stunned. He hung up. He called my boss in Philadelphia, and he treated my boss to the same sort of rant. But then he added that he referred to me as the c word, a word I will not use. Michael, because in my opinion, it's the worst word in the English language to refer to a woman. But he um, he complained to my boss. He called me the C word. And my boss said if there was any problem with the story, we would run a correction. So what was wrong with the story, Mr. Trump? And Mr. Trump said he had not read the story. He only read the headline. So my boss said to call him back if there were any problems. And he never called back. Why now? Why, why are you telling this story today in the context of the presidential race? Because of the debate, Michael. The day after the debate, 
I went out to dinner with my friends from, from where I live in suburban Philadelphia. We call ourselves the Doylestown Dance Moms. And we were horrified by the things Trump has said about women. Rosie O'Donnell is a slob. Miss Universe is Miss Piggy. And I told my girlfriends in Philadelphia, I said, hey, remember when he called me the C word? Remember when he told me I had shit for brains? So that day I also went on Facebook and I posted uh, a similar sort of thing on, on Facebook. And one of my friends on Facebook who runs a website called Billy Penn called me and said, would you mind writing about what happened and explain your story? So that's why I wrote about it. Shouldn't really come as any surprise to anybody that this is the kind of behavior that uh, Donald Trump traffics in. I love how matter of fact she was while talking about <laughs> Donald Trump calling her a shit for brains. Right. And it, working for a shitty newspaper. Yeah. She just was matter of factly reporting this information. Normally, if, if you were hearing someone relay the information of insults they received from Donald Trump, they would be angry or yeah, maybe yeah. laughing like it was hilarious. Right. But she was just, nope, he said these things. and Yeah. Well, listen, it's... These are the reports that we hear all the time about Donald Trump, that he gets angry about a piece that was written on him and proceeds to call the reporter and berate them. We've also heard all kinds of, of different people say that he circles things that are written about him, cl clippings, and sends them to other reporters too. So he's, he tends to be kind of a hands-on guy. Well, he also appeared to have been a very hands-on guy with the different beauty pageants that he owned. You know, when you're at this level and you're a billionaire, you have other people running the operation. You're not actually hiring and firing people. And you're not on the floor with these contestants, you wouldn't think. Here is some very weird audio of Donald Trump seemingly creeping on different pageant contestants. Take a listen. Bizarre, right? I cannot tell you how disturbing it is to listen to that. Get over here. Move over. Move. Oh, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. What is he? That's creepy as fuck. It's creepy. It's... I can... If he tried to tell me to get over here like that... <laughs> it probably wouldn't go well. I'd say, what, what'd you just say? <laughs> well, listen... If you think that it couldn't really get much more creepy than Donald Trump saying things like this. If Ivanka weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. <laughs> well, then you might not like this next clip. Donald Trump was on the Howard Stern show and talking about how long he has known Paris Hilton. 
and just how hot she was when she was a 12-year-old girl. Somebody who a lot of people don't give credit to, but in actuality is really beautiful, really beautiful, is Paris Hilton. Paris she is. Hilton. And I, I've known Paris Hilton from the time she's 12. She's hot. Her parents are friends of mine. And, you know, the first time I saw her, she walked into the room and said, who the hell is that? <laughs> Did you want to bang her? She is a very, well, at 12, I wasn't interested. I've never been into that. Right, right. They've sort of always stuck around that 25 category. But even at 12, you were kind of no, like, but wow, I, she's hot. I saw at 12, she was beautiful, but... So his his reaction isn't no Howard Stern that's illegal um, and I'm not going to abuse a twelve year old child. It's oh no I never really been into that you know. I'm not into that. Right. Like that's an acceptable choice, but that's just not my choice. Or that's even yeah it's a choice. Like well I know people who are into that. Well he does know. Which there's a claim that he does know. No he he that's not even a claim. He does know Jeffrey Epstein, and they are very good friends. And Jeffrey Epstein. Not a great guy. A terrible, terrible person with regard to this. This might seem like just a one-off, you might dismiss it kind of a thing. And I think we've talked about this on the show before. There is a case right now in court against Donald Trump where a woman is suing him for a rape that took place committed by Donald Trump when she was 13 years old. So it's kind of hard for me to track down the real situation with this case right now because I don't trust a lot of the websites that the information is coming from. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and the mainstream media isn't reporting on it. Um, the only quote-unquote mainstream media I've seen report on it was a column from Lisa Bloom And that was in the Huffington Post. Mm -hmm. And that was several months ago where she said the media needs to be covering this. Apparently they didn't take her advice. Right. Well, it is a real case that that has has been postponed until I believe this this month, October. It is a real case, but I'm saying the details are difficult to find. Right. Um, Apparently, according to some of these websites, which I don't know if I fully trust, um, there has been a new witness added and it has been refiled. Hmm. Um, but as far as we know, it's a federal lawsuit that was filed in June 2016 in the state of New York by Jane Doe. And she says that Donald Trump raped her in 1994 when she was 13 years old, tied her to a bed, exposed himself, and then raped her in a quote unquote savage sexual attack. Well, he was Um, accused of rape by his ex-wife. Right. She says that she was screaming for him to stop, at which point he struck her in the face while screaming that quote, he would do whatever he wanted. End quote. Doesn't sound out of the realm of possibility, if you ask me. Well, it's not just Donald Trump. And apparently, it's also the men who he is surrounding himself by are also, maybe not rapists, but they have their own issues. I do cherish women. I love women. Despite what Donald Trump says, his furious pre-dawn tweets this morning suggest a different sentiment. In one, calling Alicia Machado, quote, disgusting. His war with the former Miss Universe escalating at a time when campaigns usually want to appeal to women. But it's not only Trump. The men who surround Trump, his closest advisors, have had their own personal problems with women. We need to have a fight in the Republican Party for the soul of the conservative I agree with you. Campaign CEO Steve Bannon. In 1996, he faced misdemeanor domestic violence charges. His ex-wife in the Santa Monica, California police report alleging he grabbed her, an incident that the officer says left red marks on her left wrist and the right side of her neck. Those charges were dropped. Bannon would become a right-wing media mogul. In a 2011 radio interview, using a derogatory gay slur to describe progressive women. You know, they wouldn't be a bunch of... That came from uh, the seven, you know, the seven sisters' schools up in New England. This is a Fox News alert. I'm Jeff. The man behind Fox News, Roger Ailes, is now an unofficial Trump campaign whisperer, although Trump won't officially acknowledge his role. Fox News ousted Ailes after multiple women accused him of sexual harassment, most prominently anchor Gretchen Carlson, who received a $20 million settlement from Fox. You're not supposed to gain 60 pounds during the year. That you're <laughs> That's former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich speaking this week, defending Trump's comments about Alicia Machado. 
Gingrich is now a Trump advisor. He and Trump have both been married three times, both accused of infidelity. In 2012, Gingrich's second wife recalled this about her former husband to ABC News. He, oh, he was asking to have an open marriage, and I refused. Then there's Rudy Giuliani, former New York City mayor and Trump backer. After Monday's debate, Giuliani spoke to reporters bringing up Bill Clinton's affair, criticizing not just him, but Hillary Clinton. She attacked Monica Lewinsky. And after being married to Bill Clinton for 20 years, if you didn't know the moment Monica Lewinsky said that Bill Clinton violated her and she was telling the truth, then you're too stupid to be president. But Giuliani should be able to relate to marital strife. Married three times, he announced his separation to his second wife at a press conference before telling her his divorce and affair playing out publicly on New York tabloid front. So clearly none of these guys have their shit together. And it's such a weird thing, you know, the people in glass houses shouldn't be throwing rocks. Rudy Giuliani's first wife was his fucking cousin with whom he grew up. It wasn't like they were estranged and then met and like, oh, weird, we're cousins. Oh, well, we love each other. Is it they, his first cousin? His second cousin. It's a cousin that you grew up with knowing their family. How does a, a, a sexual attraction develop? Well, I feel like you're shaming me right now for asking the question, but I <laughs> I just was curious no. <laughs> because you, you can marry your first cousin in certain states. California is one of them. But uh, I don't know if there's rules surrounding the second cousin. I don't know if that's allowed in all states, but... I'm not even talking legally or even ethically. I'm talking creepily. <laughs> it's fucking creepy as shit to marry your cousin with whom you grew up knowing it's your cousin. Got it. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> Because what circumstance c comes up where it's like, oh, you know what? I know you're my cousin, but <laughs> you know, I, well, how does that go down? Yeah, well, they had to have had that conversation, right? Of course. The family was probably like, creepy. <laughs> and the other thing about the, the, the living in glass houses and throwing rocks, Donald Trump talking about her being disgusting and about her sex tape, Belisi Machado. Donald Trump has been in soft core porn playboy videos what not naked or even in a scene with sex but he 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 knows what he's what he's playing a role in where he like breaks a champagne bottle over a limo or something and then you know a few scenes later it's people getting it on you know it's like that spank revision porn where you they don't really show anything mm -hmm. but still he's not immune from criticism yeah He's not this great conservative family values leader that all these fucking wacky ass new age Republicans believe he is. Well, that's why this is mainly about political polarization. Yes. And party allegiance. Because if it wasn't, then you would hear this information and you would say, huh, yeah, you know, I hate this about Hillary Clinton uh, or or Bill Clinton, and I don't like this about Donald Trump either. Instead, it's, yeah, I hate this about her, the Clintons in general, but there, it's okay when Donald yeah, Trump does therefore it. Therefore, everything has to be great that Donald Trump does. Yeah, it's okay when he does it. It's okay when Newt does it. It's okay when Rudy does it. But not Bill Clinton. Right. They hate Bill Clinton for the terrible things that he did. The unjustifiable behavior as president of the United States. Reprehensible Bill Clinton. They hate him. But Donald Trump, ah, it's good. It's, it's insane. It is completely insane. Well, Donald Trump, very shortly, just a couple of days after the debate, the New York Times got a little package in the mail, Brittany Page, that is causing Donald Trump even more heartburn. Race for the White House and a major development involving Donald Trump's taxes. The New York Times obtaining documents that reveal Trump claimed a loss of more than $900 million in 1995, potentially setting up years without paying federal income tax. Hillary Clinton has made Trump's taxes, which the candidate refuses to release, citing an IRS audit, a centerpiece of her campaign attacks. And as Trump supporters defend what they say is the candidate's genius, the Clinton campaign is hitting Trump hard with the crucial second presidential debate one week from tonight. ABC's Mary Bruce gets us started. 
Tonight, an October surprise for Donald Trump. You don't learn that much from tax returns, that I can tell you. But now we're learning the candidate who has refused to release his tax returns could have paid no federal income taxes for years. Records sent by an anonymous tipster to the New York Times show in 1995, Trump reported a jaw-dropping $916 million loss. The apparent result of the collapse of his Atlantic City casinos, his airline, and the purchase of New York's Plaza Hotel. A loss so large he could have legally avoided paying federal income taxes for up to 18 years. A strategy he seemed to brag about at last week's debate. Maybe he doesn't want the American people, all of you watching tonight, to know that he's paid nothing in federal taxes. That makes if me he's smart. Paid- tonight, Trump's campaign isn't denying the report. Trump himself tweeting, I know our complex tax laws better than anyone who has ever run for president and am the only one who can fix them. His surrogates today launched a vigorous defense. My response is he's a genius. I mean, the reality is absolute genius. There's no one who's shown more genius in in their way to maneuver around the tax code and to rightfully use the laws to do that. But Trump hasn't always described it that way. I know people that are making a tremendous amount of money and paying virtually no tax, and I think it's unfair. Voters in the battleground state of Florida also seeing it both ways. I'm a working class citizen and I pay my taxes and I don't understand how he is getting away with not paying his. If that's what the law permits him to do, I think it makes sense to to do it that way. Clinton's campaign is pouncing on the new report, saying it reveals the colossal nature of his past business failures. And now that the gig is up, why doesn't he go ahead and release his returns to show us all how smart he really is? Bottom line, experts we talked with say Trump didn't do anything illegal, but the magnitude of that nearly $1 billion loss is raising questions. And without his tax returns, we don't know how Trump accounted for that huge write-off. Tom? Mary Bruce for us tonight. Mary, thank you. The other thing is, I mean, it relates to all of this, is this $916 million loss in one year. It's not because like a building burned down or you know something. He lost money in casinos. What should be a foolproof fucking business? He lost a billion dollars when the odds are in the house favor. You're mathematically guaranteed <laughs> to win in the long run overall. How do you lose a billion dollars in a single year? Genius. I don't think so. Well, they obviously got together and said, well, how are we going to approach our reaction to this story? Because we're clearly we're going on all the Sunday shows. Let's get together. Let's brainstorm. What's our reaction going to be? And apparently the word genius rose to the top of the page and they said, let's all call him a genius. Uh, that's going to be the story that we spin because that was a consistent theme. Rudy right. Giuliani was on many different shows, and each time he talked about the genius of Donald Trump for not paying taxes for 18 years. Here's a little bit of him sitting down with George Stephanopoulos where he doesn't just say something ridiculous about the taxes. He also, going back to our earlier segment about Donald Trump's problem with women, he also says something problematic there. Um the reality is, this man, 26 years ago, had some failures, and then he built an empire. I like that working for me for the United States. This is a genius at how to take advantage of legal remedies that can help your company survive and grow. I want a man who's a genius at figuring out how to take this country that's moving in the wrong direction, where we've had a basically jobless recovery, where we've had uh, growth of less than 2% for two years. That's pathetic. Don't you think a man who has this kind of economic genius is a lot better for the United States than a a woman? And the only thing she's ever produced, uh, there's a lot of work for the FBI uh, checking out her emails. Wow. Mm -hmm. Thank you, cousin fucker, Rudy Giuliani. Oh, geez. Incest practicer. Rudy Giuliani. Don't you think a man who has this kind of economic genius is a lot better for the United States than a a woman? Do you hear the tone of his voice when he says a woman? That's the same as when Donald Trump talks about Mexicans. Contemptuous. That's uh, Mexicans. (laughs) Seriously. It's very aggressive. Don't you think Donald Trump would be a better choice for the union than a woman? No, he doesn't even say Donald Trump. Don't you think a man? 
Don't you think a man who has this kind of economic genius is a lot better yes. for the United States than a, a woman? He's making it a, a gender issue. Absolutely he is. And that is disturbing. And I understand that it's difficult to go on shows and talk, but he's been doing this his whole life. Right. And he's saying what he means here. He's I genuinely a, believe he's that. He's an educated man. He's a, he was a U.S. attorney. He was mayor of our country's largest city. Something similar to this happened, I guess, where he was asked about um, whether it was fair for him to criticize Hillary Clinton's handling of her husband's affairs when Giuliani himself has dealt with his own infidelity charge, right? Yeah, absolutely he has. There was a whole controversy in New York City about him having his mistress living in the the mayor's residence. Yeah, he's been married three times and he was accused of cheating on his... Once to his cousin. I don't know if I mentioned that. He was accused of cheating on his second spouse, not his cousin. Yeah. And um, he said, well, everybody does have infidelity, apparently. Um, (laughs) And I'm Roman Catholic and I confess those things to my priest. Oh, so he's off the hook. Apparently. Jesus knows now. Yeah, so. apparently, but <laughs> apparently go. Hillary Clinton is not off the hook. Right. Not off the hook. Not off the hook for her husband's deplorable behavior. She's not off the hook for it. Well, I think... She he, didn't even have the affair. Right. But she's not off the hook because of Bill Clinton. Right, but I think maybe he's talking about her treatment of the women. Which is a... I think it's inbounds. And so... Even then, um, I mean, he's getting into murky territory where this is like this moral superiority that you don't have. He absolutely doesn't have it. So, yeah. You abused your partner to whom you vowed allegiance and loyalty to. You broke that vow. Hillary Clinton was, was, was if anything, she was following through with that vow of being loyal to her husband it was misplaced, I believe. But there's a case to be made that she has more high ground here than goddamn cousin fucking Rudy Giuliani. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if you know, he married his cousin. He sure did. Brittany. Yeah. His cousin. He had sex with a relative, a close relative, for many, many years. Brittany. His cousin. I didn't know, so I'm glad you're informing me again. Because <laughs> I didn't hear you the first 20 times. All right, well, let's let's listen to a little, little bit of a clip, a little longer sex- segment of an interview that Rudy Giuliani did with Jake Tapper, tap dancing his way through the questions, trying to explain why it's completely okay that Donald Trump, the billionaire, the man who claims to have made almost a billion dollars just last year, that it's okay for him to have not paid taxes. That it's completely acceptable. The man who wants to build up our military. The man who tweets all kinds of shit. Uh, bitching about how 50% of America doesn't pay taxes and how it's it's so bad. He apparently doesn't also. This is some fancy footwork that just didn't get the job done. We have lots to talk about with top Trump advisor and former New York City mayor. Rudy Giuliani, he joins me now. Joins me now live from New York, Mr. Mayor. Thanks for being here. No, thank you very much, Jake. Nice to be with you. So, Mr. Mayor, I've got to start with this bombshell report in the New York Times that Donald Trump may have avoided federal income taxes for almost a generation. Is your campaign disputing the authenticity of these documents from Donald Trump's 1995 tax returns that was mailed by an anonymous source? Well, all I all I have is the New York Times uh, story to go by. So let me let me comment on it as if it's true. First of all, what you fail to leave out of what you said, and it's not your fault, it's the New York Times' fault, is that this is perfectly legal. And the Times makes that point about 26 paragraphs into the opinion. Number two, the Times uh, fails to point out that he has an obligation as the head of a business to take advantage of and to use the lawful deductions and tax advantages that are available to you. I advise my I'm going to stop it there. They they get back into this, but I want to I want to I want to disrupt that point right away, and not have our listeners believing that bullshit. These are not business tax returns. These aren't uh, financial disclosures of a corporation. These are personal tax returns. Yeah, he's not going to be in trouble if he is an idiot about his own taxes. He doesn't have a fiduciary 
obligation or, or, or requirement to anyone for his own personal money that he makes from his corporations. Right. He's conflating his personal wealth and his business wealth. Which is another one of those deals where you can't have it both ways. Because every time somebody charges that Donald Trump filed bankruptcy multiple times, he says, no, no, no. I have never filed bankruptcy. Right. My companies filed bankruptcy. Right. So you can't have it both ways. Now, all of a sudden, it's convenient. It's, oh, uh, no, no, no. This is business. I can't. I have to take advantage of those. I have to be a multi-billionaire, according to him, who doesn't pay any. Not not $100,000 being a billionaire. Zero, not even $5. The lowest income brackets in this country where you start paying income tax, pay. Whether you're a bus driver, whether you're a plumber, whatever kind of job you have, you're paying income tax. You're making a solid, honest living, making 50 or 60 grand a year. And you're paying. And sometimes it hurts. And Donald Trump, billionaire braggart not paying taxes rudy and jtap continue clients to do that because if they don't do it they get sued by their co-investors by their investors uh they lose jobs for their employees Mm -hmm. and and the reality is uh this is rather common in large gigantic american businesses lost carry forwards but, uh, but Mr. You, might remember, you might remember a few years ago it was pointed out that GE paid no taxes. Yeah. So, so uh, the, the reality is this is part of our tax code. The man's a genius. He knows how to operate the tax code for the benefit of the people he serves. Well, that's interesting because, Mr. Mayor, you, you say that he's a genius. Donald Trump said during the debate that not paying federal income taxes makes him smart. Does that mean that the rest of us who don't look for every possible loophole and provision to avoid paying our fair share of taxes. Does that mean the rest of us are stupid? No, absolutely not. No. Uh, in fact, uh, <laughs> 44%, 45% of America doesn't, doesn't pay income tax. Well, a lot of them are so, below the poverty so, line. Not, well, they're, not, they're not billionaires. They're below but, the poverty but, line but, and but, they don't but, make but, enough but, to be taxed. But someone, but someone told them that they, they, they don't have to pay taxes. And anybody that goes and has an accountant, H&R Block, or just goes online, uh, figures out all the deductions available available to them. I mean, the reality is that most Americans take advantage of every deduction available to to them. Most and Americans course, pay federal and, income taxes, though, sir, and Donald Trump apparently no, did not. Just a little bit over most Americans pay yeah, federal income taxes. Yeah, a majority of the American people pay and, federal income taxes. And, and, very, and very large businesses very often take advantage of these kinds of losses. Do you pay federal uh, income Jake, taxes? Jake, You're a successful businessman. Do you pay federal income taxes? Well, that's between me and my accountant and the IRS. And, and, the, and the reality is I pay uh, my lawful tax. And he paid his lawful tax. Well, let me ask you another rea- question, sir. And the, and, Donald Trump and, and, is being... And Jake, no, 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 Jake, wait a second. This is really very unfair. If he didn't take advantage <laughs> of those uh, tax uh, deductions or tax advantages that he had, he could be sued because he is, his obligation as a businessman, is to make money for, for his enterprise and to save money for his enterprise. It would have been, it would have been insane Sued by for whom? him not to take advantage of Who it. Who would sue him for his own personal income taxes? Uh, in, 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 investors in his business, people who loan money to his business, banks that loan money to his business. If I have a, a $200 million loss carry forward that I can use and I don't, and I don't use it and I end up uh, costing my company $200 million more, don't you think the bank that I borrowed money from is going to sue me for mismanaging my business? You know, the other thing that's going on with the cousin fucker, Rudy Giuliani, is uh, his eyes. What's going on with his eyes? You have to watch this clip, but he, he, he looks surprised about half the time. His eyes go really wide and weird. Well, I think he's trying to hypnotize us because he knows that his words aren't working. <laughs> And so if he distracts us with body right, language right. or opening his eyes wide, we'll be like, wait a minute. I don't care about what he's saying. I'm trying to figure out what's going on he's with like his eyes. He's like a Spengali. It's very weird. <laughs> it, it is a weird... Something's going on with him. Brittany... This is what you have said. He... I, something's happening with him. 
Okay. Next thing. I don't Maybe agree. he's going to be wearing prism glasses like Do- Dr. Drew says, and then it has to be brain damage. Well, <laughs> listen, I think still that we are just seeing the real Rudy Giuliani come out, right? Yes, I, I do believe that. And uh, this and is it's disappointing to me because he was America's mayor, quote unquote. He 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 acted exemplary during the 9/11 attack. Well, except for his mistress living in the Well, you know, you know. Well, sometimes, you know, sometimes you just got to have sex with the cousin. Yeah, okay. Um so <laughs> so I I've I've been very interested by the response of the Donald Trump supporters to this information that Donald Trump one lost almost a billion dollars in a year. Uh, two, hasn't paid federal income taxes for 18 years. A generation. So they're saying that this makes him a genius, that he knows the tax code better than anybody else. So that means he's the only one that can fix it. Fix it how? It's working in his favor. Right. Why would he want to fix it? What does he need to fix about it? There are people, adults this year, who are going to vote for the very first time, who weren't alive the last time Donald Trump allegedly paid income tax. Let that sink in. Right. So that's the, a problem. So this is someone who has, if if this is all true, has contributed nothing. Nothing. In terms of veteran support. Roads and bridges that he talks about all the time. Right. The airports that he was LaGuardia. going on about oh, yeah. for like 20 minutes at the debates. Yeah. He wants gold-plated toilet seats like the, 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 the airports in Dubai. But uh, he's not going to pay for it. Right. And he actually, you alluded to this, has a history of shaming people for not paying their taxes on Twitter, of course. Um, (laughs) He has tweeted before. This is from February 23rd, 2012. Half of Americans don't pay income tax despite crippling government debt. Okay. He's obviously tweeting about this because he feels it's a problem. Right, right. Right. While he's allegedly not paying it's the height of hypocrisy the hedge fund guys parenthetically gals because we know how he is about equality right (laughs) have to pay higher taxes asap they are paying practically nothing we must reduce taxes for the middle class this is september 5th 2015 mitt romney who totally blew an election that should have been won and whose tax returns made him look like a fool is now playing tough guy February 24th, 2016. When, let's touch on that for a second, because what he means by his tax returns made him look like a fool means that he paid a normal tax rate. Because Mitt Romney actually paid a, a very healthy tax rate for uh, like capital gains, because well, he doesn't have an income. He's not cashing checks from a business. And I think he paid like 17% or something, which I think is a little low. But uh, for what it was, you know, because it's not income. It's like uh, investment income. Anyway, go ahead. Facebook billionaire gives up his U.S. citizenship in order to save taxes. I guess $3.8 billion isn't enough for him. He's taking off to Singapore, but will continue to enjoy the fruits of the United States. Donald Trump seems to be enjoying the fruits of the United States while not paying taxes. And then he's tweeting about tax shelters. (laughs) Donald Trump's name was mentioned in the Panama Papers hundreds of times. So that might be very well be part of a surprise coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Barack Obama, who wants to raise all our taxes, only pays 20.5% on a $790,000 a year salary. Do as I say, not as I do. Oh, that that is rich. You love that saying. I love that saying. <laughs> oh, that's rich. <laughs> it's just so smug. I love it. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> well, listen, we've got a few other stories that I'm going to skip. We're going to push them till next episode because I want to get to this next bit. And this is how we're going to end the show. This next bit is going to be hopefully around, well, at least for the next 38 days because that's the election. <laughs> but... Uh, Brittany reads Donald Trump. Yeah. And this, let me explain it. Brittany is just going to read a, we, we started this last time and it was so good. I want to keep doing it. Brittany's just going to read a paragraph or so 
of uninterrupted text of Donald Trump. She's just going to read it like a normal human, not like a Donald Trump. His his words. His exact his words. His spoken words. That's right. You're just reading from a transcript of Donald Trump speaking. No edits, nothing to make him look or, or sound any stupider than he actually is. So this is Donald Trump speaking about nuclear weapons, spoke, read by Brittany, word for word. Look... Having nuclear, my uncle was a great professor and scientist and engineer, Dr. John Trump at MIT. Good genes. Very good genes. Okay. Very smart. The Wharton School of Finance. Very good. Very smart. You know, if you're a conservative Republican, if I were a liberal, if like, okay, if I ran as a liberal Democrat, they would say I'm one of the smartest people anywhere in the world. It's true. But when you're a conservative Republican, they try, oh, do they do a number? That's why I always start off, went to Wharton, was a good student, went there, went there, did this, built a fortune. You know I have to give my, like, credentials all the time because we're a little disadvantaged. But you look at the nuclear deal, the thing that really bothers me, it would have been so easy. And it's not as important as these lives are. Nuclear is powerful. My uncle explained that to me many, many years ago, the power. And that was 35 years ago. He would explain the power of what's going to happen. And he was right. Who would have thought? But when you look at what's going on with the four prisoners... Now it used to be three. Now it's four. But when it was three, and even now, I could have said it's all in the messenger, fellas. And it is fellas because, you know, they don't. They haven't figured out that women are smarter right now than the men. So, you know, it's going to take them about another 150 years. But the Persians are great negotiators. The Iranians are great negotiators. So, and they, they just killed, they just killed us. That was hard. Very good, Brittany Page. Yeah. I don't think there's a period in here. What is fucking wrong with that guy? (laughs) There's only semicolons. (laughs) Unbelievable. That is a nightmare for someone who does transcripts. I don't even know what I don't even know what that's about. I don't know what he He never got to a point. All I know is his 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 uncle was a professor. Yeah. At MIT. Yeah, a great professor. And he went to Wharton School of Finance. Good genes. Great school. Good genes. Very good genes. Smart guy. Yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, that I hope that I think this bit has legs. <laughs> with that, we're gonna leave you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all of your support. We love you guys. If you'd like to support the show other than listening twice a week or as often as you do. We would love to have you join the family, the growing family of supporters on PayPal and Patreon. You can go to dollamore.com slash Patreon, dollamore.com slash PayPal. Or if you're just going to go shop on Amazon and buy some books or some pumpkin spice fucking... No, no, no pumpkin spice Pringles. Not allowed. Or any other product that is not pumpkin spiced. We'd love love to get a little, little taste, just a little bit of commission on that sale. If you're going to spend your money anyway, you might as well do it over there at Amazon under our affiliate link. You don't pay any more, and we get a little bit. So thank you for that. We appreciate all the shopping that you guys do. It helps out a lot. So we will see you next time for episode 250, Brittany. 250 episodes. Nice. Of I Doubt It with Dollamore. That is amazing. Maybe we'll have some... Some something, some reflections over the course of the last 250 numbered episodes. All right. Well, until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. Don't you think a man who has this kind of economic genius is a lot better yes. for the United States than a, a woman?